Welcome to Ag This Week, sponsored by New Mexico's Farm and Livestock Bureau. This is your host, Delene Hodnett. This week's edition features an on-the-ground report from the New Mexico Livestock Board, a review of research into mobile matanzas, an update on board trainings hosted by the New Mexico Farm and Livestock Bureau, and we wrap up with a look to the next generation with the newly elected state FFA president. The New Mexico Livestock Board is considering proposed new rules that would provide the state agency with regulatory authority over an in-state meat and poultry inspection program. New Mexico Farm and Livestock Bureau supports this effort since it would provide economic activity in the agricultural sector while alleviating meat processing bottlenecks currently experienced by beef producers. Here to explain the program further is Belinda Garland, Executive Director of the Livestock Board. Belinda, tell us about what you do at the Livestock Board. I am the Executive Director for the New Mexico Livestock Board. This position is appointed by the board. The board members are appointed by the governor, and then my position is also approved by the governor's office. I oversee all the activities surrounding the New Mexico Livestock Board. Right now, our major function is field inspection, and we are in the process of setting up the in-state meat inspection program. So what do the proposed meat inspection program rules do? Well, the rules basically set the groundwork for the meat and poultry inspection program within the state of New Mexico. They give the New Mexico Livestock Board regulatory authority to begin setting up the program itself. So with the program, the USDA Food Safety Inspection Service, also known as FSIS, has federal preemption over all meat and poultry inspection programs across the United States. Under the federal preemption, there is a requirement that all state meat and poultry inspection programs must be at least equal to in regulatory and enforcement authority to the CFRs, which are the codes of federal regulations, thus meaning the federal regulations will be enforced by the state of New Mexico. These rules that we are proposing to adopt in June set that groundwork for meeting those requirements of at least equal to. As the program progresses, the state rules may be expanded on to better fit the specific needs of New Mexico. And also these rules begin opening the doors for economic development across the state, thus meaning that producers can start thinking about that they might have co-op agreements or work together or even just individually set up processing plants or if they have a processing plant that they can work with, they can begin setting up feed yards across the state, which enables them to ship their cattle locally to be put into feed yards instead of maybe having to ship them to the panhandle area to where they are fed and processed. It also gives some economic development to the grain producers around the state that they can sell their grain locally to the ranchers. That's terrific. Sounds like it would stimulate a lot of economic activity. Will there be any training or assistance provided to business owners to help them learn about the requirements proposed in the rule? There are some initial thoughts on that. The first one being that New Mexico State University is in the process of reestablishing a meat processing plant in Las Cruces. We have had some preliminary discussions that involved the New Mexico Livestock Board working with the university to provide training to the meat and poultry inspections as well as the public. Another initial thought is that the New Mexico Livestock Board meat and poultry inspection program will have one or two training and compliance officers. Those staff members could potentially provide support to the business owners. We will not be able to provide business decisions, advice, 
for the owners out there. However, we can provide guidance on how to meet the minimum requirements of setting up the uh, processing plant. So what are the next steps in developing this program once the rulemaking is complete? Well, currently, the most important step, of course, is adopting the rules. Those rules are currently being advertised for a public hearing, which will be held on June 13th at 1 o'clock p.m. in conjunction with the New Mexico Cattle Growers Association meeting and the New Mexico Livestock Board meeting. The meeting is to be held in Rio Doso at the convention center. We're also providing virtual attendance to the meeting as well. The other most important step is that we are currently seeking meat and poultry inspection program director. That position has been created through the state personnel office, and we are seeking applicants for that position at this time. I believe that once the position is filled, we can begin working closely with the FSIS to establish immediate needs that must be met. One of the next steps will be to complete and create inspector and compliance officer and support staff positions working with the state personnel office. Once positions are created, they may be advertised for interested persons to submit their applications and work through the hiring requirements. Once employees are hired, they must meet all the federal training requirements, and those training requirements are pretty extensive. We will determine the needs of equipment of the program and purchasing those items along with vehicles. The inspectors will be working out of their homes and vehicles, thus cutting down on office space needs. I can also say that once a director is hired, they will begin working with the FSIS to meet components that are required in the program. There are nine of those components that must be met. And once they are met and a cooperative agreement is entered into with the FSIS, they are audited on an annual basis. And those nine components consist of statutory authority and food safety, inspection system, pre- and post-mortem, sampling, staffing training and supervision, humane handling, compliance, lab methods and quality assurance, civil rights, and financial accountability. So those are pretty extensive components that must be met, and the director will be required to ensure that we meet those and sustain those. So we will also be working with um, FSIS on IT requirements. We will be required probably to purchase some IT equipment from FSIS that meet their standards and their reporting needs. And we are also in the process now of reestablishing and purchasing IT equipment such as servers to meet those needs. Right now, I am seeing a lot of interest in this program statewide. I think one of the most important things that I want to advise the public of is that we will not be able to set up this program and succeed in it unless we are meeting the FSIS minimum requirements to be at least equal to. Uh, we will not be able to circumvent or delete those requirements. We believe that working one-on-one -on -one with a state agency will be much more agreeable to the people who are trying to establish these processing plants. Thank you, Belinda. New Mexico Farm and Livestock Bureau encourages you to comment on the rules, which can be found on the New Mexico Livestock Board website. Another way to increase meat processing in the state is through mobile matanzas. Georgie Ellis joins us to discuss her research in this area. Hi, my name is Georgie Ellis. I am from Las Cruces. I recently graduated with my master's in agriculture with a concentration in agribusiness. My research was over mobile slaughter in the state of New Mexico, and 
just kind of seeing the potential for it and seeing where it would lead the state. Initially, Jeff Woody came to me and the New Mexico Department of Agriculture really wanted me to basically see the possibility and the potential for it for the state of New Mexico. It was based off of the House Memorial One that was taken to the legislature last year and just calling for the economic analysis. And from there, I gave the New Mexico Department of Ag my own economic analysis feasibility study, which was really different for me. (laughs) It was a big thing for me to do. And from that, I kind of spun it for my creative component for my master's, and I was able to see the potential for success within the beef cattle industry and whether or not beef cattle producers would use it. It was really interesting. There's actually a lot that went into it. I did the research for about a year. I started on May 15th last year and just wrapped it up on April 26th. First, I conducted several interviews, two separate rounds of interviews. The first was with Mobile Matanza affiliates. So the Mobile Matanza was actually based at a house and it was the first federally inspected unit, mobile slaughter unit in the state of New Mexico. So it was really interesting to see and hear about their experiences since they are from New Mexico and they were doing exactly what my research was kind of proposed to do. So I wanted to get all their insight, what worked for them, what didn't work for them, and the kind of barriers that they had to go through in order to be successful. And then following that set of interviews, I actually needed to basically understand the industry from the operators. So I did an interview with mobile unit operators from across the United States. So I interviewed 10 different units from across several states. I want to say it was seven. Final sample size was 10 units. And they gave me the ins and outs of the industry just to basically give me a better understanding as to how the industry worked and so that I could go forward with my own research and have a really good understanding as to what this unit would do and could do. Following that, I actually sent out a survey to New Mexico livestock brand owners and I just asked them what they thought of with mobile slaughter, their perceptions of it. So when you were interviewing the producers, what was their response to a mobile unit? Was it fairly positive? Did they feel like there'd be a place for that for them? So based off the survey, there was a really big limitation. I mean, there were several, but one of which was one out of every two producers in the state, or livestock brand owners, I guess we should say, they didn't know what it was. So it was hard to gauge their likelihood to utilize a mobile slaughter unit when they didn't even know what it was. What is the potential for the use of mobile matanzas in New Mexico? So talking to people, they really liked the idea, and we had so much engagement coming from initially sending out the survey. People would email us back and say, oh my gosh, we need this. This, I mean, livestock harvesting facilities, they're backed up eight, up to 18 months, if not more, further out. But according to my research, it was kind of difficult to gauge whether or not somebody would want to use it. I mean, it's an added step that's unnecessary pretty much. So these units, they go out to the farmer ranch, wherever it is, and they start the livestock harvesting process. So they knock and bleed, they cut up the carcass, split the carcass, and then it has to be transferred to a stationary facility to carry out the aging process and the cut and wrap process. So initially, whenever I started this research, I thought this unit was all-inclusive and it did everything. But it's only an additional step to kind of take out that transportation portion of the process, but it doesn't carry out everything. So it's just 
an added step that some producers don't see the value in. These units, they do have a refrigerator, but they don't have a freezer. They have a cooling room, but it's not a freezer, and it's only to get these carcasses cooled down on their way to the processing facility. I mean, it's a big limitation in what these units are able to do, and that's why they can't carry out the entire process. That, and they're just, they're small. I mean, they're big, they're basically a semi-truck, but it doesn't have enough room to carry out everything. How do they make it work in other states? Are there limitations specific to New Mexico that are different than other states? Some of them in the Pacific Northwest are started with a, a co-op. These producers are part of this co-op that operate a unit and they kind of bring their animals to the unit and they just kind of all meet in a centralized location, which is actually what the Taos Mobile Matanza did. They had two staging areas where producers were able to bring their livestock. They had holding pens and they were able to bring their livestock a day before, the night before, feed, and the unit would be there in the morning and start the slaughtering process in the morning. Thank you, Georgie. With us next is Caitlin Spradley, Regional Director for New Mexico Farm and Livestock Bureau. She and Regional Director Bindi Segovia have been coordinating board trainings across the state. Caitlin, tell us about the purpose of the trainings. So the purpose of the trainings is to essentially bring together our county Farm Bureau board members and really just provide them with some skills and resources that they can use to be successful. We realized coming out of the pandemic that some of our county Farm Bureaus are maybe having a hard time with what to do and how to go forward. And so we're really hoping that this is an opportunity to come together and do a little bit of training, but also we have set aside time for our County Farm Bureau members to kind of brainstorm and network and talk about some common challenges that they may be facing and hopefully innovate some solutions to those challenges. So when and where are they being held? Our first training was in Cuba and it was on May 24th, but we have two additional trainings scheduled right now. Our training for the Southwest area of the state is June 3rd, and it'll be at the Grant County Extension Office in Silver City. And then our Southeast area training is going to be June 7th, and that'll be at the Chavez County Farm and Livestock Bureau building in Roswell, New Mexico. And then of course, we are planning a training for the Northeast area of the state, hopefully in Las Vegas, but with the fires up there, we've kind of just postponed it for now, but we're looking forward to rescheduling that here soon. Tell me about the value of being involved in Farm Bureau. There's a ton of value in being a Farm Bureau member, especially thinking about our County Farm Bureau board members. They're really leaders in their community and leaders for their county. And this is just one great example of the leadership development opportunities that Farm Bureau offers. We're trying to build upon those opportunities. And then besides that, it's a great way to meet other people, especially thinking about the regional training model that we have set up. You can get to know people in neighboring counties and of course likely have similar challenges and similar operations. And so it's a great way to fellowship with other people, get some leadership development, and really think about ways to get involved with your community and maybe solve some of those problems that we all face. Thanks, Caitlin. You can find out more about current New Mexico Farm and Livestock Bureau activities by going to our website at nmflb.org. 
For this week's Look to the Next Generation, we're featuring Grady Hodnett, newly elected state FFA president. If we continue to fuel the fire and fight the good fight, we will indeed be successful. Howdy y'all, my name is Grady Hodnett and I am the newly elected 2022-2023 state FFA president. I've been in the FFA for four years now and I can honestly say that my time in the FFA has been priceless. Now what exactly does it mean to fuel the fire? Well these last couple of years have been rough and that's an understatement. We've been locked down, we've had events taken from us, and we've lost contact with a lot of people, but that hasn't stopped us from keeping the fire lit in our communities and our chapters. Over the last year, I've had the opportunity to meet and talk with members from all over the state, and y'all have been fighting the good fight and keeping the fire lit in your communities. Whether it was continuing to do community service, continuing to do FFA events, or even something as small as helping somebody with their groceries, the good fight has continued, and it's us as FFA members that are leading the charge, but there is more to do. There will be several things I work towards this year. For example, I want to start several statewide campaigns that work to achieve an overall greater awareness of the importance of mental health. Whether this be through social media or having guest speakers at our events, it's more important than ever that we check in with one another. Another thing I want to implement is adding an emphasis on working with organizations like Ag in the Classroom to advocate the agricultural industry to our younger generations. Whether this be in the classrooms at our local elementary schools or Ag Days at the local middle schools, these kids have the potential to be the next generation of FFA members, and with programs such as Ag Day, Ag Literacy programs, and farm tours, kids who may not have had exposure to agriculture are able to learn more about the industry that we all love. And I would like to help you share your story and fight the good fight in any way that I can. My name is Grady Hodnett, and I am so proud to serve this organization. Thanks, Grady. We appreciate your leadership. This has been Delane Hodnett with New Mexico Farm and Livestock Bureau's Ag This Week.